Welcome, everybody, to yet another edition of the Return of the Roar podcast. Uh, Frankie Cardicelli, Chris Watkins, doing this thing uh, virtually yet again. Um, I should uh, I should definitely start off with this. We are no longer on, well. I guess we we started a brand new losing streak, but our losing streak was snapped. Uh, me and Frank have been talking about this road trip for pretty much since the beginning of the season. Uh, as a point to look out for for consecutive Kings losses. And boy, was it happening. I think the uh, losing streak ended up reaching seven. The correct? final number was seven. And yep. uh, I think the the total stretch, including the Brooklyn-Golden State back-to-back, which you looked at, they finished one and eight. Mm-hmm. So, hey, man. I would say congrats on them getting this. Like, as funny as it sounds, like, I would say that Brooklyn game, was probably looking at it from the outside the most difficult game for that they could win so uh pretty hilarious that that's the one of course that they ended up winning and and really it was it was a, a no doubter like they they were the better team that night and they really um they you know we we can kind of get into it a little bit but they they really shut down James Harden Kyrie Irving did his thing but there was no um random person yeah nick claxton didn't go stupid that that is true i was gonna say there was no like usually in these games if if james harden scores three you know kessler edwards would have given us 25 well i think everybody's eyes were on patty mills because patty mills has destroyed the kings in the past Mm -hmm. before especially in san well obviously in san antonio that's where he spent most of his career but uh james harden with his lowest scoring output Mm -hmm. in 11 years which is crazy uh, he scored a bucket in the last minute and a half of the game, I believe, when when the Nets were making a, a kind of like a faint last push that the Kings were able to hold off. And when he scored that bucket at late, I just kind of remember thinking, okay, here come the Nets. It's it's not it's not going to be easy. It never is. And it was though. The Kings completely took over in the second half. And as we've seen the last couple of games, they just look like they're a better second half team as of late, which is something we haven't Whoa. seen. Hey man, two games in a row, they've made second half adjustments, which is kind of that's what universe are we in because the Kings are normally the worst second half team in the league. Uh, and, and matter of fact, not to, to ping pong over to the Warriors game, but third quarter alone last night, the Warriors are the best third quarter team in the league. The Kings are st- statistically the worst and the Kings almost put a 10 spot on them. Um, they went 29, 21, I think was the the total in the third quarter. The Kings outscored them. So, and I'm feeling good today. I'm, I, I know I'm not feeling great because we lost what 12 of 15 or whatever it is. But <laughs> uh, the, the Kings have been competing the last couple of games, and I think that all that's all the fans. I mean, not all the people want to see wins. I understand that it, there's no silver linings, but at least I'll take losing the way they lost the last couple of games and the win, of course, mm-hmm. versus losing by 30 or 53. Uh, I'd rather see a close game than lose by 53. Yeah. So. Yeah, you, you definitely point out those two games. I would say that there is a noticeable difference with the exception of the the Knicks game, which I think just funny enough, I think it just got away for a moment. But I think in, in the Philadelphia game, in the Brooklyn game, in the Warrior game, we saw situations where it could have gotten as bad as it got in Atlanta and in Boston where, you know, it seems like it's hopeless. That Warrior game last night, I mean, the Kings were down, you know, from 12 to 20 points for a lot of that uh, a lot of that second quarter, a lot of that third quarter and some of the fourth quarter and and they really kept fighting. They 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 got it to 11 a couple times and almost got it to single digits which 
also kind of sounds funny to, to be praising that. But that's at the point where we're at. When your team uh, goes from up, what well, they were up like 15 in Atlanta to losing by 30. Yep. You're looking for, for these things of like, is there any sort of change? Or are we literally about to see these guys just get boat raced every time the game gets out of hand? And they're showing some fight. And and thank thank goodness for that because, um, it, man, I mean, things things were looking about as bad as they could be. And uh, especially with with the trade deadline right around the corner, um, it, it it was looking like the team was ready to just give up and, and wait for the new shipment of of losers to come in pretty much. And, uh, you know, it's good to see them showing heart. Davion's looked great in his last uh, ever since he's entered the starting lineup. Uh, Mo Harkless has has entered the starting lineup and that's got people excited Um you know that's that's Harrison Barnes showed up last night against uh, against Cold State his former team that that's been good to see and he's he's had some good effort um, pretty much since the team got blown out so um, yeah just, I mean it, it's good to see some heart out there it's just nice to see as much as they've gotten punched in the mouth and they've got they got pretty much Drago versus Apollo Creed like they got that level of a beatdown Spo- spoiler sorry everybody if you haven't seen Rocky Four it's great I'm not you haven't seen Rocky Four I haven't seen any of them. Oh my god, man! You gotta watch Creed. it. You was in Creed? No, not a big Michael B. Jordan fan. I understand that. I think he is a little bit. People kind of were thinking he's the next big thing, and he's an overactor. He's he's a little bit of an overactor, but Creed Creed is a movie I don't think he overacts, and and Sylvester Stallone is great in it too. Hmm. Uh, but obviously, watch Rocky Four because the Kings have gotten a completely Apollo Creed versus Drago. <laughs> that doesn't. Uh, that's not a ringing endorsement. That is not something I want. No. But now watch Rocky Four. It's like the Kings, pretty much. It's like, it's like the Kings, but now the Kings are punching back, though they're punching back, uh, and it's nice to see them have a little bit of fight. You know, they they fell down double digits to Brooklyn on on um, what was that Wednesday? Wednesday, Wednesday night, um, and then of course last night they fall down. I think they were down by twenty six at one point. So at one point it was turning into one of those games where does this turn to a thirty point loss, forty? And they cut it down to single digits in the last couple minutes of the game. And I know Tyrese was very, very ice cold for most of that game, which is something that the Kings aren't going to win a game if De'Aaron Fox isn't playing and Tyrese Halliburton's playing that way. Um, Not to put it all on Tyrese's shoulders, but obviously if he plays the way we know we can play, maybe the game turns out a little different because he really did struggle. Uh, But they, they cut it down to single digits late in the game. And again, I'm not sitting here on my soapbox saying, hey, everybody, we only lost by 12 or 13. It's just it's nice to see them fight back, and that's something that we have not seen mm-hmm. on the road trip. They were down by twenty, boom, game's over. They're getting thirty pieced or fifty pieced. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm going to keep mentioning that game because it still is. It still sticks very out in my brain. I can't remember. I can't believe that it happened, but I also can. I 50, very much can. Fifty three points. Uh, that's that's like I just I'm not going to compare it to another movie. Never mind. I can, I can do that all day though. I really could watch Rocky or Creed. Uh, no thanks. But what do you mean no thanks? Just not a movie. I don't know. Like, if, I don't know. I feel like no. you are. You don't like watching movies? <laughs> no, I'm definitely more of a TV show kind of guy. Like, I'll watch. I just started The Sopranos. Like, I'm already Ooh. on episode nine. Started a couple days ago. I'm just, I don't know. Like, something about sitting for, it's a very millennial thing of me to say, or like whatever generation I am. Like, I will, it's a struggle or a big ask for me to sit down and watch, like, uh, whatever two two hour 30 45 minute movie but i will watch five episodes of whatever you want me to watch no question and it's kind of like 
sorry to go into a tangent here, but I, like it's like uh, YouTube videos. They say like people recommended. Yeah, it's just like people, the, people the like people constant, like this. Yeah, or just the constant like three minutes. It's the re-upping of the decision of like. Yeah, like, you know what? I've got another five minutes. Yeah, I've got another five minutes. Yeah, I've got another three minutes. <laughs> and I don't know, whatever. I'm, I'm well, spiraling. Real, real quick to end the show thing, I just no want to announce that I have – make a formal announcement that I have mm. finished. I have finished Succession. I'm all caught up. Uh, I stopped. Like, we're on episode two of season three, and uh, we stopped, you- like, a couple weeks ago. Just, just out of it? No, very much in it, but just – I we I think we looked up uh, – like when the next season is supposed to happen or when yeah. this season happened and it just happened. So I'm like, they're not even going to film till summer. They're not yeah. Gonna, it's going to be a while. So it's going to make um, me so sad to finish and then be like, well, now I got to wait. I'm already, weeks, wait, I don't know. Two what, months, three months. I don't know what to watch now. And to kind Sopranos. Of, it's really good. Well, I watched Sopranos and uh, I, I, I met uh, Alex Schiffer, 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 uh, from Schaefer? the, he, he, well, he writes for the athletic for the nets. And I met him the other day and he's like a, an Italian guy from New York. So, he, and he, he literally sounds like he's pulled from the Sopranos. <laughs> and we were talking about how the, the, men, the many saints of Newark, the movie on HBO came out and he was going to, going to dive into it and watch it. And, yeah. uh, I like the Sopranos, but now that I am done with succession, the Kings obviously take up a lot of my time. Mm. Ma- Major league baseball, not a good show. <laughs> Major league baseball is, is a nightmare. They're probably going to, I don't know if the season's even going to get played at this point. Mm-hmm. They had to call in a moderator to, to help, the MLB and MLB Player Association get through all their their mess. So, I mean, I need new shows. So, anybody out there who follows Chris or myself on social media, give mm-hmm. us some show recommendations. Not yeah. Game of Thrones. Not Game of Thrones. Not Game of Thrones. Please. All Sorry, right. <laughs> had to say that. But anyways, uh, to pivot back into basketball, uh, as far as the Kings' defense goes, they did let a man named Clay Thompson mm. score. 20 points in the first half and that was the most points he scored in a half and i believe over i know he hasn't played in three years but it was earlier in that 2018 17 or 18 19 season uh he put on a showcase that was almost reminiscent to what he did on that fateful night back in 2015 when he Mm. scored 37 he hit six straight threes last night in the second quarter Mm -hmm. six straight threes yeah um a condensed version of that night, pretty much. Yeah, and I don't know if he single-handedly beat won the game. I know Camingo. I think he did. I, I really yeah. think he did because it was it was a pretty close game. Uh, they were you know with it, the Kings were within five. I'm pretty sure. And then mm-hmm. uh, Clay did what Clay does, and at that point, I think it was like forty-eight to twenty-five, if I remember. It that was, was like, when it, it was got the worst. really bad. And he scored 20 points in the first half, finished with 23, granted. The mm-hmm. Kings did a good job in the second half yeah. as a whole to, to lock down defensively. Shout out Mo Harkless with the six steals. He did a good job contesting Clay late. Um, but he, I think the biggest damage Clay Thompson did to the Kings last night was what he did after the game. Mm, the emos. Uh, yes, and we have audio of uh, Clay in the post game. This is what Clay had to say uh, after his magical. Not as magical as it's been before, but magical performance last night. That 2011 NBA draft with the 10th pick, the Sacramento Kings don't select me. So <laughs> people don't forget. That's all I got to say. People don't forget. People don't forget. That's a one of top tier line from uh, from Superbad. Um, 
for all the should i explain it no it's fine no people, so people don't forget just know people you want, don't forget <laughs> you you want your pants like that was like seven years ago people, people don't, don't forget, forget. they uh, don't yes shout out Clay thompson also uh i think in that post game right there it shows that he passed kobe last night on the all-time three list i have no idea what number he is but shout out clay for for missing two and a half years and still is like maybe 30 at this point and uh he's 30 he's already he's already passed kobe uh for all time obviously it's a different game now but just speaks to how how ridiculous clay thompson has been for the first stretch of his career uh and is really showing that he's he's uh I don't know if he's back. I don't know if he's, you know, um, officially Clay Thompson of Clay Thompson uh, lore. Well, but apparently people on like Warrior social media and, and NBA social media, I think, are using last night as a benchmark to declare he is back. Yes. So I would like to say on behalf of the Sacramento Kings organization yeah. to Clay Thompson, you're welcome. Yes, you are welcome. Uh, seven of nine from three last night, 23 points in 24 minutes. Uh, definitely worth uh, worth acknowledgement from from all the socials because it is good to see Clay be Clay again. I just hey, wish it wasn't against us. Hey, Jimmermania was fun though. Yeah, but Jimmermania is still costing us to this day. Apparently, uh, we're, according we're, to Clay, we're still in, we're, reason, still in Jim, we're still in Jimmermania. It's insane. Um, and you know, ob- we don't need to go back to that decision, but obviously, nah. wasn't the right one. Um, <laughs> that's that's not needed. No. Um, we all get it. Clay, like you said, people don't forget, but on a brighter note, Chris, while Clay Thompson scored 20 in the first half, a Sacramento Kings Mm. player scored 20 points in the first half. Davion Mitchell almost established a new career high in the first half alone on his own. And it just, it's kind of started a conversation of some of it is over exaggeration as far as, wow, Davion and Tyrese, Maybe they're – no, I don't think we should get into that, but I, I do think De'Aaron Fox makes his team better, obviously. But Davion, we've talked about on this podcast, and people on social media have talked about how concerning his offense is, how concerning his jump shot is. He'd have wide-open looks that just wouldn't fall. It was almost like Ben McLemore syndrome where it looks good every time it goes up, but it just doesn't fall. Those shots are falling now. Those shots are falling now. And over his last five games – Davion Mitchell, five games, all starts, 19.4 points per game, 5.6 assists, 48% from the field, 39% from three, and he's playing 34 minutes per game. Uh, Granted, he's also turning the ball over only a little over once per game. That's pretty impressive. That's very impressive. I think last night he had eight assists and one turnover or zero turnovers. So what are you seeing from Davion? Is this kind of swaying you back towards – like that pendulum towards, okay, maybe this guy can be a starting guard, kind of like that Marcus Smart hybrid or maybe a little different, obviously. But do you is this making you believe? Are you becoming a believer? Or were you always a believer in Davion Mitchell? Um, it's nice to see. That's what I'll say. I, I wouldn't say I'm becoming a believer in Davion Mitchell, the future starting point guard. Um, I think, if anything, he's now trending even more towards Marcus Smart. Um, great game last night, undeniable, like was fantastic last night, was the only reason why the Kings were were staying in that game even as much as they were or as, as little as they were. Um, last night had a huge impact on on how those numbers looked. I, I, did, I looked at the numbers before last night, and uh, it's still impressive, 17 and 5. 
Uh, but to me, it's the shooting percentage. He still, even last night, took 17 shots. Uh, since he started, he's uh, averaging 16 to 17 shots a game. That's, that's kind of a lot. I don't know if Davion's ever really going to be an offensive superstar, and it is nice to see him have scoring capability and scoring ability, but um, I'm just not entirely sure that you know I need him taking up that many shots on on offense. I, I think in an ideal world, he, he is uh, a defensive stopper and he can get you, you know, some points, but I, I think, uh, you know, in desperate times he he's stepping up, which is good. I'm trying not to disparage his, or, well, or to, to, you know, I get what you mean though. Crap on his good performance, but uh, I don't, I don't know if this stretch of games is making me a believer in him. I get what you mean. I don't love. I, I mean, obviously, who else is going to take those shots right now? Tyrese was ice cold last night. Buddy healed. Holy hell! I don't even know if we need to get into yeah, how, how bad about, he's been. Yeah, that's uh, bad. He's. I think he's forgotten how to play basketball. But just to kind of end the I think Davion discussion. To end the Davion discussion, I guess we'll kind of get into that's a whole mess that's making my head there already. But uh, no, Davion Mitchell isn't going to be a guy that should take 17, 18 shots per game. Absolutely not. I don't think that he's ever going to be that guy. And that's not a bad thing. It's just I don't think that that's what the Kings need from him. The Kings have De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, Harrison Barnes, players that you want to run the offense through. Now, Davion is showing, though, he can be a guy that can come in and plug those holes if need be. If those guys are not creating, if De'Aaron Fox is out for seven games with ankle injury, if Tyrese Halliburton is having an uncharacteristic night and he's ice cold from the field, uh, Harrison Barnes is a guy who can score 25 points on, I believe he took nine or 11 shots last night, which is crazy. Uh, so Davion Mitchell, yeah, we don't need to take too much away from it. We can say that he shouldn't take that many shots per game when everybody's healthy, but also say that he has been the one of the bright spots over this horrible mm-hmm. stretch. And as a guy who's a rookie, and I, I, I will say he is young still, not to say he's an old man, but he is 23. He's an age of some of those. He's an age of some players that are in their fourth, fifth year right now. So it's good to see him kind of fast track mm-hmm. uh, to a point where I look at him and go, okay, if he goes back into a bench role, <clears throat> hopefully he can be half of this player. And that's still mm-hmm. really, really good. Um, that's just kind of where I am on it. But Yeah. To, to me, the confidence is the, is the thing that I'm most uh, excited to see. I think, uh, you know, he if he is at least confident that he belongs, which I'm, I'm, I am confident he belong that he feels like he belongs. And I'm actually confident that he does belong, but uh, to, to see him, like you're saying, like he's, he's obviously not going to get this kind of workload uh, in his normal day to day, as much as people are speculating that that could be in the future. Um, I just, I think it's, it's encouraging to see that, uh, he does feel like he has the ability to do it. And, you know, his shooting percentages haven't been, you know, amazing. But uh, the fact that he's not afraid to take these shots, thinks that he has it. And like you said, I mean, his shot form does look good. Um, it just hasn't really always gone in. And I think that's that's part of adjusting to the NBA. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely good to see him, especially put these games uh, together in a line. It's not you know, oh, in the past two weeks, he's had these perform like these are consecutive performances that he has strung together and they're all fairly consistent. He, he pretty much has done uh, the same thing in, in all these games about, uh, you know, he's taken about 17 shots and made about six to eight of them. And, you know, he 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 kind of has his limit on what he can be, but also what he um, what he has shown is something that's 
that you know you'll take especially like you're saying if if he's going to be a, a spot starter or or somebody who when everybody else doesn't have it he's like I think I can do this um that's that's something really nice to see and then of course we're just talking offense when you talk when you throw in his his defensive intensity all see I mean for the past month especially I've really noticed he's gotten a lot more comfortable with with uh how he's uh, manipulating offenses while on defense, he, you know, at the beginning of the year, he he kept trying to get that charge call where people would run him over and he couldn't really, he was just off on the timing. And I think uh, in the past, I don't know what he started. He's played really consistently after being out um, about 20 games here, just about 18 games. Uh, and I think in that stretch, he's really figured out, uh, defensively, how he can get off what he wants to get off, and and really pressure people uh, from I mean from the time they they get the ball on the other side of the court, Davion is in their cheeks. Um, so it, it that has been nice to see, and he's been very consistent on ball pressure and uh, and creating creating uh, <clears throat> oh sorry creating uh, mismatches for you know for for teams. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm sorry, I. I looked at Buddy Heald's stats. They're very bad. They're like tragic. Over, I think he's in the twenties in both percentiles. This is this is like actual monsters stealing your skill set. I mean, over the last the eight games, eight points per game, twenty seven percent from the field, twenty three percent from three, and he's playing almost thirty minutes per game. I believe he's having the worst statistical season of his entire career when he was a rookie. I think people looked at his rookie his rookie stretch in New Orleans as a, a very bad, like his worst stretch at the time, thirty nine percent, thirty six percent from three, eight points per game with New Orleans. Okay, well, he's playing almost, I mean, not twice the minutes, but he's playing a little over thirty this season, fourteen and a half points per game, and he's shooting thirty six percent from three. That is the worst mark of his career. So, I don't know, Chris. I mean, we saw yesterday. Uh, I, I believe Zach Harper. It was Zach Harper with our boss, Nick Cattles, and the Nick Cattles show yesterday said that there is, quote, a large market for Buddy Heald. Why? How? Uh, just why? If I had to imagine, it's just people seeing situation and, and saying, well, he still has the skill set. It's just he doesn't. I mean, it's it's very clear he doesn't want to be here. Um I think teams probably think that they can package a couple players for Buddy, and I think the Kings, and I think this is going to end up being the story of the deadline for the Kings. Is you know, there's teams are offering the Kings something, but the Kings really ideally want something else for that play. I think you know, like I said, I, I'm pretty sure teams are going to offer multiple two, three guys to try and fill in that Buddy Heald salary, just kind of as. Kings, get rid of him. We know you don't want him. We'll take him. Here's some pieces. Maybe one of them will work out for you. And I think the Kings want to trade Buddy Heald like we've seen in the past or, you know, like it's been speculated in the past as an upward kind of move. They want to package him with something or, you know, see if they can get a player, you know, one for one deal that they feel like, um, you know, is, is, is an upgrade for them or positionally, or, or maybe packaging him with a first round pick to try and uh, get a better player. I just don't know if in the end, the Kings are going to settle for that. He looks like he just doesn't care out there. And definitely there, there's a possession that, that Brendan Nunez, he, he pulled it and posted it last night and said that, 
you know, opposing defenses have to just be licking their chops, watching Buddy just start just 14 seconds on the shot clock. This man is crossing over, stepping back multiple times, trying to get free and flinging up a three-point shot that has no chance with a full 10, 11, 12 seconds on the shot clock. Uh, and the rest of the Kings are standing around watching him. And Alvin Gentry kind of just puts his hands up in the video and just drops them. It's just like, what the hell are you doing? And I think he's – we're at a point now – we can say with 100% certainty when Buddy Heald's on the floor, he's hurting the team. I mean, he, he does get hot. I believe he got hot against uh, the Nets kind of at, at a late point in the game. What did he finish that game with? I think he had actually a pretty decent night against against the Nets. But but he – I have it right here. Buddy Heald against Brooklyn. He had 18 points. 18 points. He was 3-9 from three, which isn't great. And like you said, the 7 of 16 field goal nights, I mean, those aren't things that you really look at and say, hey – Great job. I mean, 43% isn't horrible, but for a player like Buddy Heald, who we know is capable of doing much more, um, he just hasn't been that guy. He hasn't been that guy for a couple of years now, granted, but it's getting worse on a gamely basis now. And it just makes me wonder, are the Kings going to be able to move him? Uh, we've heard Zach Harper say that there's a market for him. I would like to see how realistic that is. I think if there was that big of a market for him, he would have been moved already. Uh, again, I know people wait until the trade deadline to make these moves. I can't remember who put the numbers out, but I believe 80 something, 88, 87% of all NBA trades over the past two seasons have been conducted t- within 24 hours of the deadline. So we have six days ago. I would expect no movement for five more days, no which is miserable. Um, so yeah, I just, I'm really not enjoying watching Buddy Heel play basketball. I don't think I'm in the minority on that. I don't know if the Kings have a, a replacement on the roster right now, though, which is the problem. Terrence Davis was that guy who was supposed to be that. What about Davion Mitchell? Hey, Davion, Davion Mitchell could be that guy. No, no, I'm kidding. The, they need it. They need a shooting guard. They need a shooting guard off of the bench. And with Terrence Davis out, I don't know how the, how high the organization is on Jamias Ramsey if they want to give him an extended look. But it just it's to a point now where the Kings, if they are doing what they say we think they're going to, and they're three and a half out of the plan or four out of the plan still. Are they going to go for it still? I have no idea. Uh, but all I know is if Buddy Hill gets moved, you need a replacement on the roster for him. And mm-hmm. Terrence Davis is not going to play probably for the rest of the season, which I think we talked about last episode. Uh, or did we talk about his injury last episode? How no, we didn't. They Terrence Davis wrist injury out. They said, quote, out for three months, three, reevaluated in three months. Uh, three months from now, I think we'll be in the second round of the playoffs. The NBA will be, not us. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think they're saying that they're going to reevaluate him before the semifinals. So that's cool. That's fun. See you guys in the Western Conference semifinals, I guess. Uh, you said the Kings did this last season, though, didn't they? As they, well? did it, they did it with Tyrese Halliburton when he had the knee injury. They said he will be reevaluated at the end of the regular season. They didn't just say he's out for the season. They said he will be reevaluated at the end of the regular season. Yeah, these fools are tripping. <laughs> yeah. So, no TD. No TD. Speaking but, of injury. Yeah, yeah, that's it. But they're saying if Buddy Hill gets moving to your placement, but please, Chris, take take us into the, the other topic of discussion. Yeah. Here. So uh, the past, it's been now six games, correct? 
seven games. Uh, we have been without our superstar. Uh, I shouldn't say superstar. Without our star, uh, De'Aaron. Should I even say star? We've been without our best player. <laughs> uh, De'Aaron Fox has missed the last seven games uh, due to an ankle injury that kind of popped up out of nowhere. Uh, it started off in Milwaukee. Uh, he went out for pregame warmups. Kind of said his ankle just wasn't wasn't where it needed to be. And uh, ever since then, he's kind of been game time decision after game time decision after game time decision, all of which being De'Aaron Fox would not play. Uh, There has been much, much, much speculation around. Is the injury real? Is this them holding him out so that they can move him? Is this De'Aaron saying he doesn't want to play? And it seems like it's depending on who you hear a combination of all of it. uh, I personally tend to lean on the fact that can he not cut i think so i think um i think his ankle injury is probably there um we've also heard that there is nothing structurally wrong if you know they've taken mris and and there's there's nothing there's nothing to scan because nothing is is, there's no structural damage uh but could even Alvin Gentry said if this were a playoff game he would play? Obviously that got laughed that's, out of the that's building. That's the thing though. That's like what. That's the thing I I don't understand. And mm-hmm. I understand that ankle injuries happen. And I understand De'Aaron said that he's had tests and the lateral movement. That's important. He says he can run in a straight line. He says he can jump. It's the cutting. But Alvin Gentry says I think the first game he missed. Mm-hmm. Oh, if it was a playoff game, he'd be playing. Yeah. Um, I don't. It's definitely know. confusing messaging for sure. Um, I don't. I don't know how they expect people to take that, except to run wild with it. Um, so this is kind of, kind of a mess that they created themselves. But um, I do believe that he's hurt, and I think ankle injuries aren't something you want to mess with. I think those are things that just literally take time to heal, um, especially with like nagging things like that. If there's nothing that you can you know, surgically fix or, or take, you know, brace up or anything like that. It's just kind of something that, that takes time to feel better. Um, and, you know, it's clear <laughs> Tieran Fox isn't going to make a difference in any of those games, except for maybe Philadelphia, uh, where they only lost by two, the rest of the games. I mean, he's not saving them from the 53 point blowout. He's not saving them from the how, Atlanta game. How can you be sure, Chris, how can you say he won't save us from the 53 you know, point loss? Just off of the fact that we've lost by the many, many points with him on the floor as well. Um, maybe, you know, maybe it's a 30-point loss to Boston instead. Um, Silver lines. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's definitely been a confusing situation. I, I think that there's at least 5% like, hey, we're, we're maybe trying to deal you. It wouldn't be the worst thing if you didn't get seriously injured during this time. Well, Jason Anderson asked him from the B, I think, uh, have, have, a, have your conversations with the organization, uh, like helped you with get through the traded line. Like ha- have those. Oh, you froze they, there. Did I freeze? Yeah, you froze. It's all good. I'm back Say it again. Yes, you're back. I was gonna, I was about to break the biggest trade news of the whole year. <laughs> just no, De'Aaron just said uh, the organization has told me what they need to tell me, and I think he repeated that twice. They've told me what they need to tell me. Mm. What what is that? I do not know. Wow. Uh, so we'll find out in a couple days, I guess. But could it be that five percent? Like you said, I don't know. I think that it, it legitimately, like, really, like taking my tinfoil hat off. I I believe De'Aaron Fox is just 
actually not feeling comfortable, he can't go 100%. And as an athlete, you know, you you want to be 100% confident confident in your ability. And sometimes there are other situations where you play injured and you're battling. Like people in the in the playoffs and postseason, the finals, they play hurt. They battle. They get through it. This isn't that. This isn't that for De'Aaron Fox or the Kings. They are most likely going to miss the postseason for a record-setting year. De'Aaron just signed a, just signed a five-year max deal. He could be traded. His value could be hurt if he if he injures that ankle even further. And one thing that kind of stuck out to me when he told me that, not told me that, told the press that, uh, was he his ankle. When he, when he injured that ankle two seasons ago, and remember when he was supposed to miss, I believe, mm-hmm. Six to eight weeks, he was back in three or four. Mm-hmm. He said that that ankle injury has been bothering him since. He's like, my ankle has never been fully healthy since then. Well, you were on that early, Frank. I remember at that time you were saying that you saw him walking up and down the steps at the arena in the post game. He didn't have his brace on. He looked like he was more than healthy, and that was like three weeks into his supposed six week recovery. Um, he was a young guy. There's Multiple a- sauces. Maybe there's a uh, maybe there's a more than decent chance that he didn't let that heal all the way correctly. And, um, you know, yes, we at the time we were like De'Aaron Fox, miracle healer can 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 survive. a. am not even going to say a worse injury because I don't want to I don't want to curse him, but can survive a whatever a terrible accident and still come out unscathed in a couple days well, hey man getting um, o- getting older also we can't exactly you know things are gonna and ankle injuries too like those are things that just they really don't go away i don't i don't think he had surgery on that ankle correct uh no no surgery yeah so it, no surgery that's just kind of one of those things that if you're not going to like fully heal it's just i mean i'm no i'm no doctor i've just had ankle injuries in the past and you know, yeah, they're very annoying. It's it's just kind of one of those things they're, where they're, they're nagging. Yes. They, they're nagging injuries. And I don't know if you ever really, you know, get full confidence back in it. Maybe, you know, five, ten years after the injury. Sure. But um, it's kind of one of those things that once it, you know, sparks back up, once you barely tweak that ankle and practice again, you're going to be thinking like, oh, God this hurts again and like you know maybe he was 95 percent healed this whole time yeah. and it just brought him back down to 80 or whatever I that's don't know. the fear that's you know? the fear it's backsliding after you mm-hmm. feel like you've made progress and healing and mm-hmm. i think that maybe there's that that fear of i don't want to backslide and feel how i felt a week and a half ago and, yeah. you know maybe he is almost back and i i, I think we all need to kind of understand that it's scary when you come back from an injury and then you feel like i feel good enough to go full tilt and then you go for it, and then your injury just flares mm-hmm. back up. And yeah. you don't have to be a pro athlete to know that. Anyone playing high school baseball, basketball, softball, water polo, whatever, you've had an injury before mm-hmm. that you've come back from, and you just feel like you're fine. You're fine, and you're not. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Scary. And you know this. This I, I remember hearing when when I was playing sports in high school, and I I tore my ACL, and uh, they told me like. It's honestly a good thing that it was a full, like a complete tear and not a partial tear, because if it's a complete tear, then like it's just wrecked and like we have to go in and fix it. But if it's like a partial tear, it's just a lot more. And I don't know what De'Aaron's, you know, case is, but um, I'm more just saying the fact that he didn't have surgery on it, I think um, makes it just, you know, a little bit less, less confident, I'm sure, in him. He's just like, you know, it's never really been 
been taken care of. And I wouldn't be surprised if in, if, if in the offseason we yeah. see him finally take care of it. That's what I was going to say, too, is if this is true and that ankle and he did say that and I had to hone in on that one thing he said. But if he did say, hey, yeah, it's honestly been hurting me since I heard it a couple of years ago. OK, um, yeah. get it looked at. Maybe get it taken care of in the offseason because, as you know, the Kings have a longer offseason than almost any team. So that's an advantage for you right there. If you have injuries, you can if the Kings are out of it in March, April, go get that fixed, man. That's what it's mm-hmm. there for. That's what the offseason's for. It's healing up, getting right. So I uh, this kind of brings us to the trade talks, which is the most recent the most recent rumor surrounding De'Aaron Fox after we've heard the organization is not going to trade him. I still believe that the organization is not going to trade him. I've always felt the organization is not going to trade him. And especially in this rumor, I do not think the Kings are going to trade him in the rumor deal from Brian Windhorst of ESPN, who, as we know, his sources are kind of shaky uh, post his LeBron source times. But they have they have shared that the New York Knicks would like to move Julius Randle in a deal for De'Aaron Fox. I don't love the deal. I don't know how you feel, but Julius Randle, who I believe is 28 years old, I think he has signed a, a big deal for five, four or five years. It makes the Kings get older. He's he's regressed this year. He's not the all-star we saw last season. Uh, not to turn my nose up at a guy who was an all-star last season when De'Aaron Fox had been an all-star, but I just don't know if that's the player the Kings really need. Where do you stand on Julius Randle for Fox swap? Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't think that's enough. Um, I, I would like to get more for, for De'Aaron Fox. I think uh, Julius is is a fine player. Uh, he's definitely not – I wouldn't consider him even like a, a number two on a, on a championship team. I think De'Aaron has the potential to be a number two or a 1A on a championship – or 1B, I should say, on a championship team. Um, I, I just don't, I don't like the move. I wouldn't really get it. I know Julius is also getting paid a lot of money. He played incredible last season, but that was also in a contract year, uh, in New York city, which, you know, he was, def- they were definitely trying to, uh, to do something over there. And, uh, I just, could, I see him coming here and, and yes, Julius would put up insane numbers, damn near triple double numbers, I'm sure. Um, but I don't necessarily think, and I've never really thought Julius Randle is is a winning player. I don't think you can really build a culture of winning around him just because his style. He's kind of pretty much uh, a, a very an idealized version of Marvin Bagley. Like if you could just make Marvin have all of the things that you hoped and wished, maybe not all the things, but he, you know, um, he, he's he's a great low post player. He can pass the ball. He can rebound. Uh, can't defend, and you know his effort is is wishy washy at times. You know, it's kind of like the forward version of De'Aaron Fox. When you look at last year, he he mm-hmm. played like an all star. Twenty four points per game, ten rebounds, forty five percent from the field, forty one percent from three on mm-hmm. five and a half attempts per game. That's impressive. And his regression this year is kind of reminiscent to what De'Aaron's going through right now. Whereas De'Aaron averaged twenty five a game last year. Um, this year, Julius Randle is averaging 18.5 points, under, a little under 10 rebounds. His three-point percentage has dropped from 41 to 30. His field goal percentage, 45 to 41. So, like, I, I don't want to throw stones too much and, and not be hypocritical, I guess, when you look at 
the way that both these players have kind of similarly they, they they're on a similar trajectory as far as this year goes and they've they've both regressed i i just don't know if that's a swap i feel comfortable in making and pairing De'Aaron Fox with Julius Randle is one that intrigues me but trading them one for one another is not one i'm i'm interested in mm-hmm. i'd be I'll, i'd be love to have Julius Randle i'd love to have him with De'Aaron and with Tyrese but as we mm-hmm. know that's not the way things work uh, but if the Kings are going to trade De'Aaron Fox, I'd rather it be for, for honestly, a guard. If they're going to make a move, I'd like it to be for another guard. If they were to make it, you know, if Bradley mm-hmm. Beal was under contract for three more years, I'd say, okay, maybe we can trade De'Aaron Fox in a deal with a couple first rounders. I mean, the the price tag for Bradley Beal would be stupid mm-hmm. if he had three more years on his deal or two more years on his deal. But uh, that's one I haven't seen the Kings linked to, and I hope I don't because Bradley Beal is going to probably be a free agent this summer. He's got one year left on his player option, but that's like one of the only moves I would be comfortable with uh, if Bradley Beal hypothetically had more years on his deal. But mm-hmm. Julius Julius Randle, not so much. Yeah, I, I just, again, like I just don't see how that makes them a better team in the long run. I was trying to think, is there a possibility that maybe they could pull off like a Harrison, Buddy, Marvin, whatever kind of swap for Julius? I just, again, I, I don't know. I don't think that's what... <clears throat> what New York is looking for. I think it makes um, the Knicks better though. I mean, honestly, I honestly think that you give them three players like that. It makes mm-hmm. them deeper. It makes them a yeah. better, t- in my opinion, makes them a better team. I know they have RJ Barrett who is capable of, of, of being a, a, a premier scorer. Uh, Kemba Walker. We know he has that potential when he's on, you throw Harrison Barnes in that mix and buddy healed mm-hmm. the buddy. Heel can get right. Marvin Bagley too is a wild card. Hey, mm-hmm. New York, pick up the phone. Yeah, it would definitely be interesting, and I think it's it's kind of just we're we're at the point now where I think uh, everybody, you know, all trades are being explored. It, it, from from what it sounds like, the Kings are are really trying to get any anybody star that that is even remotely on the market. They're calling Indiana and asking about the Sabonis and what they can do. They've obviously talked about Simmons and what they can do. Uh, I think last episode we talked about the John Collins rumors and the Jerry and Grant rumors. They're doing their due diligence on those. Now we're hearing hearing Julius Randall rumors. I'm not into, I I from what I understand it's not it has I mean besides Windhorse it hasn't really been confirmed that the Kings are like talking talking to the Knicks. Um but uh it actually reminds me should we play uh <clears throat> should we play the audio of Sam Amick on uh on the yeah. on the drive this week so Sam Amick was on the drive as he is every I'm sorry I called it the drive on the uh, Carmichael Dave show with Jason Ross uh this morning or this morning uh I think it was yesterday it was yesterday. yesterday um and had this to say about the Kings current uh trade uh, options in you know for Kings purposes it's not a matter of things not heating up it's just you know, so far, all I keep hearing is all the reasons that, you know, this guy won't happen and that guy won't happen. And I am admittedly a little surprised and puzzled that at this stage in the game, we don't have more clarity slash traction, in, you know, at least to my knowledge, about certain scenarios. Like, as always, you know, these executives very well may have deals in hand sitting on their desk that they, that they feel confident that they can hit the button on when they get closer to the deadline. And maybe that's the case with the Kings. But, you know, we, they were hot on the trail for Ben Simmons. I don't see a Kings-Ben Simmons deal happening. Uh, they, they've been tied to Julius Randle with the Knicks. I don't see a Knicks deal happening. Um, 
ditto for trying to think who else. You know, Jeremy Grant, I think there's interest there, but but haven't heard of traction, and the Pistons' price tag is really high. John Collins in Atlanta also been given the indication that the Kings-John Collins deal won't be happening. So, so, you know, at this point, it's like, goodness. You know, there's a lot of players out there, but a lot of the bigger names that, that we thought might be coming this way, um, it seems like that, at least as of now, not the case. So, Jeez, that's, that's I hope brutal. you all feel, yeah, I hope everyone brutal. feels happy after that. Okay, well, there, there's one more source. I mean, Sam Amick did say yeah. that, and I kind of missed that yesterday, that the Knicks and the Kings have been talking about Julius Randle. And granted, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. But my God, ugh, name after name after name. I mean, that's just, that's the worst thing you want to hear. I mean, that's, those are all, that's the plan, the backup plan, the backup to the backup, the backup to the backup to the backup. And then like well, the last resort, all and just what, Sam is hearing. And, you know, he did say, he did preface it by saying, you know, there's there's probably deals that all of these guys have in their back pocket that they feel like at the last moment they can be like, you know what? All right. That buddy healed Marvin for whatever, whatever. Like, let's let's do that. Let's just do it because we have to do something. And, and that's and, how it works. You know, yeah. Right? Like you said earlier, like 80 percent of the deals happen a day before. And that's that's probably a big thing is you have to you have to hold stance on on how you feel until you know, until things have to get done quickly. And it's like, look, man, like we can't BS anymore. Either you do this deal or nothing gets done and your organization is mad. Your fans are mad. Do you really want that? Or do you want De'Aaron Fox? Yeah. yeah and deals fall through deals fall through. And then teams who have other deals on a hold, they say, okay, this one didn't work out. Now let's do this one. Mm-hmm. And that's how some deals come to be. So in mm-hmm. trade spiral, you know, it's it's the butterfly effect. The Ben Simmons trade happens. Well, then the Sabonis trade happens and then everyone's like, "Okay, well we didn't get either of those guys. Now I have to get Jerry and or Jeremy Grant or I have to get John, Grant, you know. I know. I have been doing that like all week. I don't want Jerry and Grant. <laughs> I don't even think like he's been in the league he, for the he, past like 5 years. He hasn't. I think we looked it up last episode. Yeah. He he's been out of it. He Notre Dame though. I've been out of it. <laughs> no, but no, it's a uh, it's I'm at the Chad's point tough. now. I'm at the point now. And this is like the last. I think the last bullet point I have is what. What are we even ex- expecting uh, to happen? I think we do a temperature check every episode. I'm fully of. I have. I'm fully of the idea that the Kings are going to probably do little to nothing, and I hope I'm wrong. But I would be I, at this point. I'd be surprised if they do move Harrison Barnes. I just. I don't think the deal that they're wanting in return is out there right now. And that's sad because his 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 value again is not going to be higher than it is right now. It's getting lower on a daily basis, in my opinion, uh, because the fact that he can help out a team this this season and be under contract next season that's much more enticing than trading an expiring one year contract. So, uh, Buddy Heald, in my mind, seems immovable unless you attach some assets. That's the one player I could see the Kings just punting on and, and maybe taking back a dead contract or what have you, but. Uh, it's it's pretty disheartening to hear that report from Sam that, oh, you want this great player? Sorry, not going to happen. This great player? Sorry, not going to happen. And the one player that wasn't named that video, I believe was DeMontis Sabonis, and I think he did go on later on, on in the interview mm-hmm. and say that the the Pacers just don't have any interest in a Fox or Sabonis swap. I think that's, a, that's the only caliber, that's the only caliber type of player that, that they would like in return, and they just don't want him. They're looking for a player like that caliber of Fox, but not De'Aaron Fox, because I guess they still believe in Malcolm Brogdon being their guard of the future. I don't really agree with that, but 
you know, go off Indiana. So, yeah, here we are. Less than a week to go. Less than a week to go. And nothing is probably – nothing is nothing's cooking. Who would you uh, like to see them moved? Give me like a top top three uh, in order of like I would like I think they can get the most for this guy, and I would just like to see us get return. And I think this guy, you know, give, give me your three. Yeah, uh, I think Harrison can bring back the best return. I think okay. we all know that he has a lot of value. Hmm. I think that the second the player at the second most outside De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton, not counting mm-hmm. those two, because those those guys I think obviously you can, you can I'm, I'm I might add one of those guys. Well, yeah, me. I I won't include them because they obviously would top my list. But the second player, I think Marvin Bagley is enticing. I think Marvin Bagley is enticing to some teams that he is young and controllable. He is injured right now, which isn't a good thing for him, but it's a good thing for teams looking to trade for him because of his qualifying offer is now going to be cut in half. If he continues to miss time, I believe he has four or five more starts. Uh, he, if he doesn't play in the next, in four or five more games this season and doesn't start every other game, he will not get that $1,400, $1,400, $14 offer. So I'd go Harrison, Marvin, Buddy, with obviously Darren and Tyrese and tier of their own, but how do you see it? First off, I just want to say, because you reminded me, <clears throat> it's a little – it's a little hinky that uh, mm. Marvin also has an ankle injury. Yeah, um, I mean that he he, stretch of time. he did get hurt though. I, I saw that happen. He 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 immediately was like hurt. Mm. Okay, he, I don't remember seeing that, but it was a uh, Embiid stepped on his foot going for a rebound while Marvin tried to uh, jump. Yeah, it, it looked bad. But I know I know the, I know what you mean. Yes. and there might be some hesitancy. And I was yes. wondering. I think it just is the perfect storm for the Kings because yeah. At a certain point, they were going to have to say, okay, you started the last like 20-something games, but now we're mm-hmm. going to bench you the last seven games of the year because we don't yeah. want to pay you $14 million. Uh, Yeah. And also, I mean, yeah, to your point of trading, I think like it could be a little bit of the same thing that's going on with De'Aaron Fox where it's like, hey, like maybe don't rush back because we're, yeah. we're going to try and trade you. So Take time know. off. Yeah. Um, Just wait, wait, wait till the 10th. My list would be... Uh, it's hard for me to not put Buddy Heald one just because not necessarily in terms of return, but just I think he just has to be off of this team. Um, I think it's been made pretty clear that he he just doesn't want to be here. He, he'd rather be in Los Angeles specifically, but um, <laughs> I think he, he just with his play recently with uh, the way that his really career has gone with with the Kings the past couple seasons where he definitely feels like he's a starter has I think publicly said um was it publicly yeah he publicly said he didn't want to come off the bench um I remember last year he joked I can't remember if it made its rounds uh but like Tyrese was talking about I think they asked him how it was coming off the bench and Buddy was like what like you like coming off the like I would never come off the bench yeah um so I think Buddy Heal just isn't happy with with his current situation here, and and it would just be best for everybody if that relationship ended. Uh, second, I'm going to agree with you and go Harrison Barnes. I think uh, I'm just I'm just not as high on Harrison Barnes as I think everybody else is. Um, he's been fine. He's been super solid at the position, but um, I think that it, it's Kings fans are a little bit you know skewed in their thinking because we've just been such a black hole at that position for so long that literally Harrison Barnes who's just the epitome of 
of putting in your work and like you know he doesn't really do things spectacular things often but um what is he he's at 15 a game which is you know whatever that's fine he has his 20 point games he has his 12 Wait, point games have, have the kings had four small forwards that are considered good over the last six, 20 years Peja. oh absolutely not i wouldn't even put four sounds way well, too much Peja, ron artest rudy gay and harrison 20 years though I mean, what are we talking like? I would say Rudy and Harrison are both like incredibly like middle of the line, fifteen to twenty in terms of like best small, f- maybe maybe like twelve, twelve to twelve to fifteen, eighteen in terms of like small forwards in the league. I just I, I've never they're not spectacular. They're very no. I, I mean, sure. does that? I mean, I guess that's in the upper half of the league, but. I'll, I'm I'm not writing it down. I don't have a list. I just they they just don't feel like either of those two guys are very impact guys. They are very much um, they're solid. Like they're more they're role players more than solid. Yeah, they're, they're, just, they're role players. But it's better. They're than like, role players in like what I always 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 say is the most position important position in basketball. Oh, I for just, sure. You know, I just I think that if you're going to be average at that important position, you need to be so spectacular at other positions. And obviously the Kings just are. It's just those guys opposed to like the Andres Nocioni and Ime Udokas and, and Justin Jacksons. And you're not even saying the one that, the one that sticks out to me is Travis Outlaw. Oh, I thought, I thought you're going to go John Salmons. I mean, John Salmons was a two who they played at the three for three seasons too long and i you know they ended up moving tyreek to the three um just they've just never had an answer yeah. in that position yeah um almost had michael porter jr which i guess kind of would that would be an interesting like universe to live in in an alternate universe is is what is what are the kings if they let's just say stayed at seven that year and drafted michael porter jr obviously i don't think that changes how his back is um but just how we're navigating that. What like, do you mean the year? We, you mean the year they drafted Marvin? Yeah, they were going to take him second. They were, but they weren't. They they were never yeah. going to take him second. They're going to. Are they going to trade? They're going to trade back. No, just if they didn't move up. Oh yeah, if That's they didn't true. move up. Oh yeah, they were supposed they to be the seventh pick. Yeah, they were supposed and, to be the seventh yeah. pick, and they definitely yeah. would have just taken Michael Porter Jr. There. They really would have. So it would have been intra- It would be interesting to see like. Uh, like would we obviously he's out for the season he's missed he missed his entire rookie season don't make um, me don't, don't make me get on the rabbit hole of wondering if, yeah. if the kings don't make me get on the rabbit hole of wondering if the kings could have played a lineup of De'Aaron, buddy and luca and it would have worked don't i mean make, don't, don't make me think yeah. about that let's don't not make, you're right let's don't make not, me think about that let's not sorry get into rabbit holes, please continue but, please continue your list so yes yeah, harrison is number two i think uh he has value like like you stated um I think he's a solid NBA player. I think I don't, again, this comes to the, I'm not sure the Kings get what they're hoping for. And I think people offer things that the Kings just don't want. Um, but who knows, you know, Harrison's a, is, is a very movable contract and, and he's, you know, he's a person that a lot of teams could convince themselves that they want. He's still in his twenties. Um, he's still in his twenties. Somehow, somehow, um, and you know, soon he'll be president or senator yeah. or something. So he's just he's just vying time until he definitely, I think you have to be like thirty five until you're president. So he, if he isn't one of those athletes that runs for public office, I'll be stunned. He for sure yeah. just need. I can just see him being 
the yeah. first athlete president of the United States. We should just trade him to DC. We should trade yeah. him to the Wizards just for his just for career building. You know, we should get, it would be should, good for his career. We should trade Barnes for Obama. Mm, he could play big small if forward. True. He could play small forward. He's he can shoot. That's for sure. Maybe he that could be our buddy Hill's uh, replacement. Lefty stroke, right? Lefty yep, stroke. Lefty stroke. Um, haven't had a, a lefty lefty I, shooter I, in Isaiah? a long time. I think Isaiah was the last one. Probably the yeah. last lefty we had. Well, De'Aaron and Marvin. That's oh yeah. I, I know. I was like, I almost Look, said he's the first lefty. Exactly, honestly, I, I, like, oh. I forget that De'Aaron's left. I mean, I think it's watching him. So you just kind of forget yeah. left and right. The notable left-handers, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and third, I would probably put De'Aaron Fox. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to see it happen, which is why he's so low on the list. But also. If I'm taking off my, <laughs> to use Jason Ross joke, if I'm taking off my King's glasses, um, I think it just makes a lot of sense to heavily shop him and see, again, like normally I'm not one for lateral moves, but I I think there might be something to seeing if you can get a player of his caliber, but at a different position. Clearly, um, you know, it's been talked about that the Kings, obviously Monty drafted two guards and, and the Kings are very heavy at the guard position at the moment. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing if they can get, I don't think there's any threes available, but, um, you know, it kicking, if finding out what it is that the Pacers would want for Sabonis with Fox. Um, if it's maybe a future first, a protected future first, if you can maybe throw in, I don't know Davion Mitchell into there. I don't. I don't really love that as much. But that's the one move I would make, though. That's mm-hmm. that's. I would. I would do a De'Aaron Fox or Sabonis deal. That is probably yeah. the, the only move I would actually say I'm a hundred percent in. And maybe that would take us, including a first and Davion, and we get back Karis LeVert mm-hmm. or something like that, or something. T.J. Warren or something. T.J. Yeah. hasn't played all year because I think that that does make the Kings a better team. And then mm-hmm. if, the, if a Buddy Heald or Harrison Barnes move can you bring you back other pieces that can mm-hmm. kind of round out your rotation mm-hmm. and Marvin, uh, I like that core of Halliburton, Sabonis, um, and if Mitchell stays, great. If he doesn't, that's a bummer. But I do like that that guard big combo. Mm-hmm. Um, and they both can pass the ball so well, which is really cool mm-hmm. that they both can create offense. But mm-hmm. no, I uh, I do think it's a matter. It's sad to say, just the way things have gone over the last sixteen years. Why would you think any different that it's it's a mm-hmm. it's not a matter of when, not if the Kings trade mm-hmm. De'Aaron Fox. It just yeah. seems like it's a matter of when. Yes, and it's also I've felt this for a couple years now. Ever since they they were planning on doing this rebuild around Fox. That's a lot of patience. And the Kings are obviously a team that are sitting with the longest losing streak uh, in in basketball right now in terms of playoff drought. Um, If you're going to sit and wait on a guy that you drafted at the age of 19 to eventually develop into what you hope is a star level player that can elevate an entire city franchise and team, obviously, uh, that's going to require him to be like 24, 25 years old, which is kind of where we're, we're, we're heading towards right now. And, you know, it's, it's, that's, that's in, it hasn't even happened yet. You know, how many times have I said, like you look at Minnesota and they have Carl Anthony towns, they have the number one draft pick and in, in Anthony Edwards, they have uh, D Delo who is, you know, whoever, wherever you want to place him, Jared Vanderbilt, um, and those guys are just now getting to like 500. 
And the Kings are banking on this one guy who, if you're banking on him to be the one guy, this isn't it. Like Luca would be that one guy, obviously, but um, and I you can't. Bring- yeah, you go. No, you go on. Sorry, I just mean you can't. You can't expect. Uh, you can't put all of your chips into this De'Aaron Fox basket and then just be like, let's figure. And obviously they're trying to, you know, Tyrese Halliburton's uh, uh, success has been, has been helpful for I'm sure revisioning uh, how good this team can be, how soon they could be. Um, but also I don't want to see them just re-roll the dice and or, you know, reallocate their chips to Halliburton. I don't want to see them say, okay, we have all these De'Aaron Fox chips. Well, now we actually think Tyrese Halliburton could be better than him. So now we're going to trade Fox for somebody who's not Sabonis, somebody who's not Simmons, for a Jerry and Grant or Jerry, God, Jeremy Grant. I don't want Jerry and Grant. Collins hey. for, for Julius Randle, somebody lesser who's not as good, but they believe in Tyrese so much that they're like, it's all right. Tyrese will now take us there. I think it's going to have to be they, – they, they need to get a generational talent like <laughs> – it doesn't sound easy. It's definitely it's not, not easy. easy, but that is what it will take this team. It's the only bona fide way to lift a curse to, you know, LeBron didn't care that he, LeBron is such a bad example because obviously he is the <laughs> greatest of this generation. The top, the top rope. But I mean, well, if the Kings are going to be in these, these low draft pick positions, these are the, this is the way that they need to think. This is the, the way that I was hoping they they would try and draft in this past draft, obviously, it's a lot harder to do at the eight spot. But instead of trying to draft Davion Mitchell, a guy who fits your current roster, just take a swing for the fence. Take the guy who could possibly take the Mo Wagner, who, I mean, again, like he got that's picked not, before that's us. Not but... the, yeah, that's not the right example. Jalen Mo Wagner isn't going to turn into. Jaylen, well, sure, take Jalen Johnson. He has. I don't think he's played in the NBA yet this year, but he looks great in the G League in the minimum time. Like that's at least a more swing for the fence than Davion Mitchell. This team needs star players who are going to elevate above the the anchor weight that is this 16-year playoff drought. Like as we've seen, for whatever reason, this franchise just infects their players and it doesn't matter who you are, where you've been before, for whatever reason when you're here, it's the worst case scenario every single time. I mean, this season has been from hell. And there's no reason why it is. This team should have been record-wise the best that we've seen probably since that Shumper year. And it just hasn't happened. And it definitely feels like it's because just the culture of, well, this is what happens when the Kings, when you're on the Kings. It's just like things go so bad. They spiral so quickly. And when they spiral, they spiral all the way to the ground. It's and that's my rant for today. Before we get too dark, yeah, let's. Uh, on that note, <laughs> yeah. tra- trade deadline is in six days. The Kings will play the Oklahoma City Thunder on Saturday. God. Before facing, I mean, again, I hate to say this is a big three game stretch coming up, but before the deadline, yeah, this is a really big three game stretch because these are teams that you are going against for the plane and kind of chasing in Minnesota. And the Kings are still, I think, what, three and a half, four out of the plan. Yep. I mean, if, if they lose another three straight, in my opinion, they should completely, 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 completely punt on the season. But if you win Saturday and you you, you split that series of Minnesota, things get interesting. And the, the deadline is going to be very intriguing. Uh, we'll be at the arena the night before the deadline. 
where things have historically gone down. Ugh. So that that will be a fun night on the Everybody ninth. pray for Harrison Barnes that day. Yep, last year it was pregame warm-ups. Uh, or last J- time, yeah. J- Jason Ross, last year Jason Ross shot me over a text said that Kojo wasn't in the layup line. He came out there right before lineups, and it turns out they told him before the game he was heading to Detroit. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I think we will record before – we'll probably record mm-hmm. – well, actually, I don't know. We might not record, Chris, until – again, until until the day of – maybe the day of the deadline. We might record the day yeah, of the deadline. Probably, probably a Thursday show, definitely. Thursday afternoon. Definitely, um, yeah. We'll, we'll probably record right at – start recording right at noon or – yeah, that's when the be, deadline is, right? That, that'll be fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. we should, that, that will be fun. Yep. So keep your eyes – Last-minute trades trickle in. Keep your eyes peeled and your ears open for a And your notifications deadline. on. Yes, notifications on. Uh, do you have any awards before we close this thing? Awards and hmm. b-ball ref. I mean, there's two people who deserve awards. I'll give mine to Davion Mitchell. I'll make it easy. Um, you know, obviously for all the reasons we stated earlier, his scoring has been has been great. Um, he's just he's stepped up in the role that you know that that he's been given. Um, he definitely has shown the most that he's shown all season in this little stretch. And it's at least promising that, yeah, this guy, again, like I said earlier, is is an NBA guy for sure. He should be comfortable um, knowing that he can come in and, and even though he's short, as long as he's got his speed and his shooting ability, he, he can he can find a way to get get some buckets. You know, he, he definitely might not ever be a 25, you know, not a game, but score 25 in a game guy. Not a game, not a game, not a game, not a game practice. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just, it's just good to see that, you know, this is cause I think there was real questions of, okay, like this guy can definitely defend, but can he stay on the floor offensively? And, uh, he's just answering, hopefully he's answering those questions within himself of yes, like I can, I can hold my own and, and this isn't somebody who's kind of like who was my other option, Mo Harkless, who, yes, he does bring something defensively, That's but what I'm taking Boy, oh boy. I mean, I definitely almost took him, but I, I just feel too negatively well, about his offense, honestly. Hey, man. His offense last night, 18 points all in the second half for Mo Harkless. Yep. And a career high, six deals. And I think people people have been clamoring for him to get a, a legitimate shot. I know he started, he randomly started for the first six, seven games and then got benched. Then he started for a couple more, got benched. He's been in and out of the rotation. It's been tough, but. He's a veteran. He said last night it's been an up and down year, but he he knows to stay ready. He's been in the league long enough to know that. And his defense has been noteworthy. I've really note like been noticing that his defense, he really did give those guys like Clay Thompson a hard time in the second half. A uh, couple of plays, he was really giving Kaminga some fits. So it's it's nice to see Mo making an impact. Uh should we read into that too far and say, hey, Mo's the starting small four for this the rest of the season? No. But it's nice to see him use his skill set for for the Kings' advantage. And I don't expect six deals every night, but I expect his intensity every now on the defensive end. And mm-hmm. we saw it against Brooklyn. We saw it against Golden State. And it's it's a positive. So it's good for Mo mm-hmm. to have stayed ready the whole time. And he's back in the rotation for now. So we'll What do you think of uh, – it was being passed around a lot that the Kings at the time before yesterday's game, they're now 8-9. and nine. They were 8-8 eight and eight with uh, Mo in the starting lineup. What does that stat mean to you? Numbers are crazy, and sometimes you got to just roll with them. And I would say 
let Mo start until they hit another skid. Numbers it, are crazy. I love n- that. <laughs> num- numbers are crazy. They some some really don't make any sense. Some are skewered, and some are. You know, I use that phrase "butter knife." Like they're, I do it all the time. I like to butter some some stats up and and present them to you guys to enjoy. And that is one that isn't really that much of a buttered up stat. Like it's a hard fact when he starts. For whatever reason, they play better. It could be the defensive presence he has on the floor. Uh, it, it could be the fact that he just has that effort nonstop. He is playing hard. Maybe he's not scoring points at a clip we would like. Maybe he is not shooting at a percentage we would like, but his effort is there. And again, like we've seen over the past 14, the whole season really, we need effort. Mm-hmm. We need players that are going to play hard basketball. Mo Harkless does that. And those are good yeah. guys to have. Yeah, I just think if he can get to like 8 to 10 points a game in, in, while he plays, I think then at that point he he deserves like 20 to 25 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. Um, we just haven't seen that. I, I think his shot has been bad. <laughs> I don't even know what. Bad. Yeah, b- bad to say the least. I mean, he, he just – there's games where he, he'll just sit in the corner and take his, his three threes and oftentimes they'll be very, very off. And I think at that point, you know, you just can't can't justify having him in because if the team is down by 15 points, like, yeah, you need to stop the other team, but we also need somebody who, who's going to be on offense. And, and I just, I don't know. I, I, it just hasn't worked out for, for Mo from what I've seen, um, from what I've been watching. I will definitely take more of a, more of an eye on him now. Um, but, you know, I just, I, I haven't been one to think that Mo Harkless is is the reason why not playing Mo Harkless is the reason why the Kings haven't played well. But I do like Mo Hark the idea of Mo Harkless, and I love his contract. And um, I, I I'm not giving up on him. I do think because I I think he's like a 36 percent from three away from from really having a very large impact on this team. Like he was on, um, on those Portland teams. Like he exactly. was in Portland. That's yep. the kind of players the Kings need. They need 2015 Mo Harkless. And even at stretches last season, I, I think he kind of, and I, I kind of just fell victim to it too. Like he kind of just feels like he's there to, to sit in the corner and take threes. And I think when he's actually at his best is when he attacks the rim, when he's near the rim, he he's, he's shown the ability even last night against golden state. He tried to freaking throw the house down. Um, he can really dunk on people and he can use his, his athleticism and his long arms, uh, to get offensive rebounds, to get put back dunks, um, you know, to, to just clean up the, the offensive glass. I think he just needs to, to get a little bit more versatile in his offense and, and have some confidence in it. And I get, he's obviously not trying to, uh, he's trying to create space. He's not trying to clog up the lane with, with two bigs, but, um, that's kind of more of a, a roster issue than it is a Mo issue, but um, no, I, 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 I am perfectly fine with Mo Harkless getting minutes, but um, it's kind of when, when people start to talk about him, you know, being a, a crucial piece to the team is where I, I start to hesitate. There are very few crucial pieces to the team. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very, very few. Yeah. Uh, Coke machine of the week award, buddy heel. We can move on. Uh, we can move on. Buddy and Monty, congratulations. Congrats, guys. Uh, B-ball reference. Did it again. B-ball reference. I have one person that, that honestly, I was – I just have a lot of questions about this person's career. Um, Do we have the same person? Who is yours? 
probably uh, because we don't have the greatest list today. Um, mine is Nikola Pekovic. Mine was first, that as well. First person on the list. I just don't understand. Maybe I missed some large story about him. Nikola Pekovic used to murder the Kings. It felt like even Dude. like with Demarcus Cousins on the on the floor, he it felt like Marcus Pekovic. Cousins. Yeah, it felt like Pekovic was routinely giving us like twenty two and fifteen games, like he was Jonas Valanciunas. Um, and I'm looking at his basketball reference right here. Played from age twenty five to thirty, uh, and always was you know he had a season where he averaged seventeen and eight. Yeah, 54% uh, shooting. He's 16 and 8, had a 14 and 8 season. Had I just don't understand. I mean, he he must have gotten hurt and I just never heard about it, but he did. Um, and he, I in 2015-16 played 12 games, uh averaged 4 points and one rebound and never was seen from again. Yeah, it's he's a guy that I remember I think I was just out of high school or yeah. what year did he play? 2010, I remember, 2011 no, was his I, first year. I was in high 11-12 was his first impact year. It was on like that old um, Timberwolves floor like where – remember the key had the lighter colored wood and, and mm-hmm. the outside was all dark wood and they had the, the, the classic Wolves logo. I just have a vivid memory of him just completely punking DeMarcus Cousins when, when Boogie in like 2012 was starting to become yeah, I'm like gonna an all-star. He, it it – I would like to know what he did that night, and I'll look it up too, 2011, 2012 maybe. Um, let's see. Well, he had 23-10 and 10 against the Kings in 2012 on 9 of 12 shooting. So there's that. Yeah. I mean, he was just – he was he's just like Jonas Valanciunas in terms of his game. He's just a very large, strong guy who you couldn't get out of the paint. And like, he would just absolutely dominate people um, with size. And like, yeah, for sure. Once the NBA got, um, got, you know, smaller and faster and more emphasis on the three that might've impacted his game. But um, from what I'm looking here, he was like a bruiser, like an old school mm -hmm. bruiser. He got the ball in the paint. The elbows would fly. He would get called for offensive fouls a lot because he just would body people. He was a guy that scared me. I thought he was going to fight somebody on the Kings at any moment. Uh, just a frightening-looking man. He had 23-10 and 10 in 2012. Did you say that one? Yeah, I did not. I Or I did see that one. He was 9-12 from the field. Then I saw he went for 20-9. and nine. Uh, He's had a couple 29-2010 games against the Kings. So if you remember I really him, feel like I've remember one specifically where he went maybe it just always felt maybe his impact was felt more than than what was you know put on the stat sheet just i think it was just like the fact the kings also just played horrible the kings are very the kings have been bad that they've been always bad they've been bad my whole life pretty much uh they were bad um yeah anyone else um, let's see here. There is Tariq Black. Don't know anything about him. Jalen Morris, never heard of him. PJ Dozier, like him, but don't think there's anything worth talking. Patrick McCaw is interesting. A kind of another one where he had his name, uh, apparently as soon as, as recently as last year was on an NBA roster, was on the Raptors for five games, but, um, was a young guy on those warrior teams that were making the finals. It's three rings. That's insane. Yeah, he got one with Cleveland that year, right? Or no, with Toronto. 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 That's right. And two yeah. of the Warriors. Yep. 
Um, uh, Steve Smith is an interesting one to me. Steve Smith. Ah, Smitty. Uh, apparently, Kay Felder is his cousin. Now, if we want to talk about people, Kay Felder was my guy out of uh, Oakland College. Yeah. Not not Oakland, 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 to, uh, Michigan, I believe. Uh, was the leading scorer in college his senior year. I think he was like 32 points a game or something stupid. Let's see. Um, was yeah. the season – was in college points. the season that Isaiah Thomas was going stupid in Boston. And so it was pretty much like a uh, – do you see this guy who's doing the same things that this guy's doing? Uh, was confident that Kay was going to come in and just give absolute buckets. I feel like he probably only played one season in Cleveland and didn't get another shot. He played uh, in Cleveland for a season, Chicago and Detroit parts of 17-18, and was out. Uh, he's 26. Let me see if he's playing overseas anywhere. Do they have his college stats on basketball reference? Uh, tw- 20, 24 points per game. 24 points a game. That's a lot of points for a 5'9 guard. Uh, he currently plays in China. Hmm. Shan- Shanxi Lung's... Uh, Chinese Good basketball pronunciation. 24 uh, and 9. Wow. I don't know if I said that right. Some Trey Young numbers. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I'm Steve Smith. Is there anything about Steve Smith? No, <laughs> just I, good. I, He's just, I, I like him. I see him a lot on, on NBA TV, and I just yeah. didn't know much about his career. Great about – great uh, – do you ever watch uh, NBA Open Court? Yes. Oh. The best show I think great. that's ever been created ever. I can literally watch it on loop that's every day where, of my life and be That's happy. where someone pulled up the other day how when Bill Russell was coach of the Kings, oh yeah, he he went yeah. and told Steve, um, not no, Steve, uh, Kenny the Jet Smith, yeah. hey, like don't get too close to these guys. Come sit like at the front of the plane because those guys are yeah. losers. Like yeah. don't sit near those guys. They are losers. Yeah, a lot of bad stories about. Uh, <laughs> it's like about this man is tearing them. Said. This man just tearing his own team to shreds, telling Kenny Smith, "Hey, man, don't even sit with those guys. They suck." Yeah. So I love Bill Russell, the player, but the coach, not that guy. Uh, also said on open court, I believe uh, Kenny said that Bill used to watch practice. He would sit in the corner, read his newspaper, and more than occasionally just fall asleep during practice Bill and then sounds he would awesome. blame the team he would blame the team he said maybe if y'all weren't so bad or so boring i wouldn't fall I asleep know. yeah and uh just incredible bill russell 11 time 11 hey. time champion probably the uh will forever be the greatest champion of all time and uh i have my was pick not was not an king's ideal coach i have my pick for the next king's coach it's bill russell I wouldn't, I you know, I wouldn't put it past them. <laughs> what Who, who's the jersey sponsor for the Oklahoma City Thunder? Do we have any guesses? I can like imagine it. I know it's like yellow and it's big. Whoa, um, it's like ShareCare or something. I'm gonna guess. <laughs> I don't even know if ShareCare is a real thing. I'm gonna guess. Shay Gilgis Alexander. Oh, I was so right about the look of it. It's yellow. It is yellow. Oh, it's got. Oh, it's like the thing. It's like the love. It's like the thing you see love. when you're driving it's down loves. the highway. It's loves. It's like, you nailed a, it. Is that a gas station? I have literally no idea. It looks like it's like a Denny's knockoff. But I, I see them on the highway all the time. Like really? If you're, drive, like you're driving, to, if you're driving never, to LA, never seen it. What is it? Look up loves. I don't know loves, what loves is. Yeah, it's loves travel stops. 
American family-owned chain of more than 500 truck stop and convenience stores in 41 huh. United States. Very fitting for Oklahoma City. A lot of, yeah. lot of truckers passing through. Love to get that sponsorship. Yeah. Apparently, they've had it for a while as well. I'm looking at, I'm looking at quite a few pictures of Shade Gilgis Alexander throughout his career, and all of which have the uh, Love's logo on his chest. <clears throat> and then Minnesota. Minnesota's tough. I would guess Target, just because Target's so prominent there. I don't God. think they're the Target Center anymore. I don't recall ever seeing Target on their jerseys. Um, it's it's, it's weird. It's weird. Bio freeze. I don't it's, know. It's Aura. Aura? Aura. Oh, they used to have Fitbit. They um, were Fitbit. And now, now they are Aura. A-U-R-A. I don't know if it's pronounced the same way as Aura, Aura. That's like one of those things if you say it a different way, I think. Your aura, aura, like anti, anti, yes. like and potato, potato. It looks like if you go to aura.com, it is, yep, it is insurance, identity theft insurance. Wow. You know? Hey, man, you know, that's just MLB. Pretty is going- soon we're going to have Fong yeah. Law on our jerseys. Dude, I see. I see that everywhere. <laughs> I see Ann Fong ads everywhere on the back of like a bus. You see like her yeah. eyes like peeking over like a banner. It's like what the hell? Yeah. Is, she's everywhere. Like on banners in the arena, on pamphlets in our mailbox. Mm-hmm. What a marketing team! While we're talking about marketing in the in the Kings, and maybe a potential jersey sponsor, I just want to see more involvement with Arco in the Kings. I just hey, it's obviously up. it's popping. Yes, the, the have Kings. You noticed recent, that? Yes, the Kings recently, clearly this season, um, have re re entered um, the Arco Arco sponsorships. How, um, how long is the Golden One Center lease? I'm like the naming. Right? I would imagine like 15 years, something something long, but it's definitely something to monitor. Uh, if Golden One Center could return to Arco Arena, I just think, I just think everyone would be happy. It would feel, it's it's like the final uh, the, twenty years. Ugh, that's I'm sorry, Golden One Center. I I have I Golden like One it. Bank. It's it's fine. I don't I don't know how other people from not, you know, I'm pretty sure Golden One is like a very Sacramento region um, bank or credit union, and so I'm not sure. Like every time I go down to LA, there's no Golden Ones, so I'm not <laughs> sure if if people really are aware of of the existence of what it even is. Can you guess how much money they that the Golden One Credit Union spent to, to five hundred million dollars less? Okay, uh, twenty five million, one hundred and twenty million over twenty years, with an average annual value of six million, making it one of the largest naming rights deals for a single tenant NBA arena. Quite an investment. I wonder if they're going to take a bath in that. Well, it's not as bad as Crypto.com Arena, which I think just signed a 30-year lease or something like that. They they signed a very long naming rights for that. But um, something to look out for is is my point is is the Kings have have brought back at least Arco Thunder um, with their, you know, in-crowd entertainment, trying to get the crowd loud. So... I think that's a that's a cool little nod. It's kind of like how the Kings have always, you know, obviously they brought Vladi back, they've brought Peja back, Doug, Bobby, um, you know, this it would be like equivalent to like if we can get Chris Weber in the booth or something, is if we can just name the arena Arco Arena. Maybe we should it's, name it Chris Weber guys. Arena. Let's let's just not Maybe we should name it. it we should name the arena two thousand two 
Sacramento Kings arena because that's Just all anyone cares about. Member, member 2002. Remember 2002 arena. Yep. The 2002 Memorial Arena. <laughs> <laughs> the shrine. Yeah. It's like, bro, everyone's alive still from this team. What are we doing? It's like, yeah. everyone has like flowers and candles. Too. It's like uh, Cal Berkeley Stadium. The football stadium is California Memorial Stadium. And it's just like named after in memoriam of like all soldiers and stuff yeah. like that. We could have shrines outside yep. with uh, a video playing of Mike Bibby's a shot with candles and people can pay their respects. <laughs> I don't know why, but I just thought you were going to say the Robert. Well, that too. That, like, that would get vandalized. If there, yeah, was a, was if there was a running video of the Robert Horry shot outside of Golden One Center, somebody, some drunk Kingsman would tackle that thing and just yeah. take it out. Yeah. As he should. Def- definitely. They definitely need to have some form of like punching bag or something like they need to make light on the fact that we suck. Like they these are to, like comfort, comfort, uh, like animals. They start handing out like comfort mm-hmm. slamsons. Yeah, comfort slamsons, like a comfort, yeah. Yeah, like a, a plush slamson to hug. Or just more, more. Uh, we're spiraling here, but like more. Uh, it's the end. Who cares? In arena sponsor whatever it's called where they give away prizes and stuff like the kings don't giveaways just giveaways they don't really yeah. do no a lot of giveaways and they i guess still, maybe they're waiting for them to get good they used they to do the blimp shirts all the time they still do like the blimp that drops tickets i think right yeah i believe they still yes. do that yeah the the not whatever the remax blimp yeah. or whatever <laughs> uh yeah but like giving away shirts giving away Scar, the, the bobbleheads. Bobble Bring back the Carl's Jr. bobbleheads, man. Bro. I don't, they don't have a partnership Those with them a anymore. Yeah, but I have them right now in my, do in talk my closet. About <laughs> dude, dude, just make right, like if they were to do a bobblehead series, if they ever are good again, yeah, they make a fortune. Taco Bell <sighs> would would go nuts. It's Not frustrating it, because I feel like as an organization, the Kings are just. I mean, as an organization, Cheap. like from the business side, the Kings are waiting on a lot of things to be good again, specifically their 0201 the jer- throwbacks. The yeah. But I think there's a lot of things it. that they've planned for like, all right, when we're good and like people are willing to spend just endless dollars on us, we're going to we're going to give them what they want. Do you remember that when they teased it? The Kings like social media was saying, hey, like a thousand whatever retweets and we'll bring yeah. back the jerseys. It's like you guys are like you're messing with people now. Yeah. And all that anybody wants are, the, are those jerseys to come back. But I know that the Kings aren't going to do that just to get 50 piece on the road in yeah. Boston. Yeah. So they brought yeah, them back for brought, Stockton. I think Stockton Kings wore a jersey. That's like a test run. Yeah. Maybe like a, a test run. See what they look like in the in the flesh. But mm-hmm. I'm excited for the, I think after 2018, 19. That was when the Kings started thinking, "Hey, we're uh, we're back. This is the year we're going to make the push." And then the the COVID shortened season, the first COVID shortened season, the bubble, mm-hmm. uh, we were brought back to reality, and we've been here ever since. So, Welcome to reality. Anyways, uh, everyone, check Blue Check Mark as your friend on Twitter for trade deadline rumors. Uh, best of luck to you navigating the rumors. Yep. Uh, best of luck to everybody uh, with just their mental health in these next couple days uh, because boy, oh boy, rumors are going to be swirling and hopefully eventually trades are going to be happening. Please. So uh, as we said, make sure to set notifications for the right people. Please check blue check marks before actual blue check marks, not ones that are created via emoji or something yeah um and don't get fooled and uh hopefully maybe the kings can 
can uh, get at least one win here against OKC and then the back-to-back against um, the Minnesota Timberwolves, which is, uh, just for everyone who hasn't looked at the schedule, a very strange back-to-back where it's uh, they're playing the same team, obviously, the, the Timberwolves, but they are literally playing them on back-to-back nights, which I think they did earlier in the season with somebody i can't remember who it was it wasn't back to back nights uh it was dallas and it was it was a night in between that's right yeah last um, year they did they played minnesota on a back to back two games last year too wasn't it a home and away whatever anyway no, it was home and home oh, okay um well yeah that those those two games that back to back will be the 8th and 9th which are a two days and a day before the deadline so again be on the lookout if if you have some weird liking to this team be sure to watch those two games because those will more than likely be the last two games we see with this group uh frankie anything else no uh like you said it could be the last couple of games we have with harrison barnes buddy healed in a jersey a king's jersey marvin bagley if, if he is injured it's possible he already has played his last game as a king um which is kind of sad when you think about it that he might not, he might have played his last game with the kings already and kind of was a, a quiet goodbye so just watch it take it in and we'll talk to you on thursday when the madness has subsided we'll have a little trade deadline special for you a little recap yep. a little february madness never hurt anybody uh for frankie cardicelli i'm chris watkins this has been the return of the roar podcast thank you all for listening Bye bye